This is the Queer Souls Spotlight, a podcast where LGBTQ people share their stories to show that there are infinite ways to be queer. Today's episode is all about Fiona, a person who I have literally known since they were probably like eight or nine, maybe younger. Um, And we have gone from co-stars of children's musicals to Reese's Puff Buddies to like badass queer non-binary photographer people. They now live in LA doing amazing shit. Um, And I can't wait for you to hear all about them and their life and their story. So this is Fiona, yay! Hello. Yay! Hey, what is up? So happy to be here. I don't even know the last time I physically saw you in person. It might have been at a preview night when I still had braces. Remember those pictures? (laughs) Oh, I definitely remember those pictures. And, like, Jack Bloom's little dog was there. And, like, it was back when we, like, cared about what... Actually, here's a true fact. Um, for people that have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about, um, the children's theater that we grew up at, uh, every summer does this big, like, cookout thing where they do very dramatic uh, movie trailer reveals of the musicals they're doing next season. I literally just went to preview night. Wow. Like, How was that? Like, because I low-key work there. Like, I'd shoot all the archive photos for the shows. Oh and, like, if you see, like, the graphic, they're doing SpongeBob right now. Um, but if you see the poster, like, I took that. Wow. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy being in there. And, like, it's the new rehearsal space. Yeah. So it's right. different. But they have this whole big hallway of photos from past shows. And I love just walking down and being like, this is a shrine to Jenny Chapman photography. Oh, my God. That's so true. I would honestly love to visit it because it used to be a Savers, right? Is it or is it next to Savers? Um, the well, newer there was, like, there was like Savers and there's like a, vent, a BevMo or whatever, beverages right. and more. One yeah. of them disappeared and one of them is still there. Um, but they basically gutted the whole inside and like made all the little studios and stuff. Wow. Anyway, this is very off topic, but we, yeah. I literally went with my fiance and we were like, it's crazy. Cause like the youngest kids I know mm-hmm. are the old the, ones now. are about to go to college. Yeah, no. And like it's the true. only kids I know anymore younger than that are kids that I've met doing archive photos where I'm like, oh, hey, kid that wore red overalls in this musical, what's up? Right. <laughs> yeah, crazy. no, exactly. I feel like I don't realize that I'm aging. No, because you're not aging. I, it's just everyone else. Everybody else is aging. I'm staying the yeah. same, obviously. No, obviously. but like I don't, I don't even realize like how much time has passed until I like look at my friends, like little siblings or like I look at people who I considered to be like little siblings or like babies, babies. who now how are having Maybe like little lives. Yeah. yeah. And real I'm like, who let you wear heels? Like you're going to fall over. You're four. And they're like, I I'm 18. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> Cause last time I checked. Speaking of babies, um, Sabrina, Oh my God. A real person. A real person. Um, I actually was a guest judge of summer games. The the cast of the summer musical like does all these competitions. This is Um, such a They, the teams are allowed to like, quote unquote, bribe the judges with like, you know, little gifts and whatever. And Sabrina literally came up to me and she said, if you give our team the, um, like as a guest judge, you're in charge of exclusively the like sportsmanship points for the day because mm-hmm. if you give our team the sportsmanship points um i will stop growing wow <laughs> and I was like, I like, like I, I got a plastic flower and a caramel like yeah i'm gonna <laughs> they didn't end up winning great. but 
I was very, like, all very right. Smart, though. <laughs> Morgan, I, I don't love that you're even able to talk to me because I remember when you sat up for the first time in the bathroom of Montgomery. So that's crazy. <laughs> you know, I just scream a little bit. But anyway, let's go back to you. Um, you're like a whole grown person. How old even are you? Um, I'm 22. I'm turning no. 23 in July. Oh my God. I know. How old are you? Uh, in August, I'm turning 27. Okay. It's so funny well, because I felt like we were, I feel like when we were younger, we were so far apart in age. It's the same I age know. gap. But like once you get over 21 and especially once you're out of college, like the rest of your 20s kind of feels like a nebulous same age. Totally. Yeah. I, like, I feel the same way. I don't feel like I could have babysat you now. No. But certainly I could have. Anyway, um, so to give people an idea, now that we've already jumped into like childhood trauma, give um, <laughs> people an idea of uh, maybe who even you are. Um, knowing that obviously like no one can hold you to this, but like just today, just today, how would you describe your queer identity, your sexuality, your gender, whatever you want to share? Yeah, um, I feel like I've been thinking about this a lot. I think I think queer people just in general are always thinking about their identity and like reevaluating re and being also, like, we all had a gender crisis during the pandemic. Oh yeah, totally. No I mean, one didn't. <laughs> once you stop needing to perform for people constantly, then you have so much space to reevaluate. Like, okay, how do I? Yeah. Like who am I behind closed doors? And also when I have the opportunity to be in front of people again, how do I want to like show myself? Um, but anyway, I feel like, like most recently the word that has been super resident with me in terms of gender has been gender fluid and gender fluidity, just because I feel like I like, and I would also moving backwards. Um, just my overall blanket identities, like what I tell people when they ask me, I'm queer, I'm non-binary, I'm bisexual, pansexual, queer, whatever the sexuality that means I'm down for anything. That's what I it's am. Like, are you an asshole or not? If I like you, I like you have a good time. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I feel like, like as a trans person, um, there are such like funny expectations because it's all about like reconsidering gender roles and things like that. And I've read a lot of stories about people who are like trans femmes and they're like, I'm like, I'm a trans femme, but I'm also like butch. Like mm -hmm. I want to dress butch. And like, I feel you know, like in the way that are, a feminine person does. Right. Exactly. It's, very, it's all back and forth. Um, can you just really quick, just for, the people listening, um, what is a trans femme? Um, a trans femme is somebody who I guess like thinking of like medicalism, which is very like neither here nor there, um, yeah. an assigned male at birth person who then transitions to be more on the feminine side of the gender spectrum. Um, but maybe perhaps so does not fully transition to I exclusively identify as a woman. Right. Just yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, like the whole thing is very nebulous and I feel oh, like that's no. what I've been thinking about a lot recently, but because like, I mean, and then on the other side of that, I was just like relating to those trans, like that, like I'm trans femme, but I'm a butch 
like how, where do I fit in basically? Yeah. Um, how I relate to that is like, I'm trans mask, but I also have been feeling more connected to my femininity and my flamboyancy. And I feel like not, not that there's a pressure from other trans people to like transition all the way, whatever that means to go from like one side of the spectrum completely to another side of the spectrum. Well, that Uh, implies that you have to pick a side of the binary. It's like, you can just kind of, whatever makes you happy like labels are really really helpful for a lot of people because it determines it helps you define and feel comfortable with various sections of the community or Mm. or not be like i'm not part of this other thing um like gender binary but ultimately folks (laughs) you can kind of just do whatever makes you happy and then none of these terms really have black and white like definitions like for example like you are in one label non-binary mm-hmm. and you also identify with the label trans and transgender. Yeah. I'm non-binary and I don't particularly identify with being in the trans community, even though some people would argue that I absolutely should. Mm-hmm. I particularly don't vibe with the trans label because I very much still identify with womanhood because yeah. the the way that I've transitioned or changed the way that I present or describe myself I am still receiving the world experience of woman Mm -hmm. right and and because I'm relatively straight passing I am cis passing so Mm -hmm. it trans to me just to me Mm -hmm. seems as if it's a departure fully in whatever direction whether you got to the other side of the binary or wherever you are in space, a full departure from whatever gender slash presentation you started with that you were socialized in that you were given at birth. And I Mm -hmm. have not fully gone away from that. Um, But that's just a a great example of how two people that did very similar things in their self-discovery really, really use and really, really do not use the same label. And like, if it makes you happy, just use it. If it doesn't make you happy, don't use it. Like, literally, just do what makes you happy. Dress the way it makes you happy. Cut your hair. Don't cut your hair. Get top surgery. Don't get top surgery. Like, yeah. Ah, transitioning. You got top surgery. Yeah, I did. And one thing I that I want to say on what you were just saying is Please. that just in general, there's this um, amazing non-binary graphic designer named Kel Lauren, and I love them. They're like uh, self-proclaimed anarchist. great like really does a lot of work of like breaking down gatekeeping in like art and stuff so democratizing like resources for design and stuff um and they they are they on instagram yeah they're kel.lauren um i'll put a link in the show notes for everyone if you want to go follow them yeah no they're amazing and their designs are very cool they do a lot of like um band merch um But they made a poster once that said, kill the cop in your head. And I feel like just that in general is exactly how I feel about like basically any queer conversation. Like, I feel like if you feel like there's a pressure to do something right, that's usually just like a thought manifested by the rules perpetuated by society, patriarchy, misogyny, et cetera. And just like the gender binary in general. So like, and like, 
there's nothing wrong with wanting to do a binary transition. It's just no, the fact right. that people are policing it for people. That's no, and like also you life. should do a full binary transition if that's what feels good to you, not because right. you think that is what people want from you and will be least affected by. Like that's stupid. Exactly. Yeah. No. So talk about it, t- what maybe, made you go, I would like to get my boobies chopped off. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Epic moment, honestly. Right? Um, I Also just cuz like you have always been like you were a gymnast your whole childhood so like there wasn't ever a lot there I know <laughs> like you looked like a child well through high school in terms of that so like what don't go it's so it's so funny having this conversation with you now actually because I have a very vivid memory of right before I went to high school and right before you went to college because yeah. we were 4 years apart Devastating. Um, I know. So sad. Um, I like went over to your parents' house and we were hanging out and I was like, I got my wisdom teeth out. You brought me a a milkshake. Oh my God. (laughs) And you were like, let me break down high school. Let me tell you about how it all (laughs) happens. You know, imparting your wisdom on me. Valium stupor. So funny. (laughs) And what I think I remember one of the things that you were saying which is so funny now was like, Oh yeah, your boobs will grow. Like, don't worry about it. Like, well, cause I was such a late bloomer. Like yeah. I had like baby a cups and then like literally the spring I did Avenue Q during that three months, I went from like an AB to a double D. And of course That's I'm crazy. also at the point where like, even though literally no one is seeing my bras, um, except for like the girls in the dressing room, I exclusively purchased bras from Victoria's Secret, which were very expensive. So it was a very <laughs> expensive semester. <laughs> yeah. Oh Crazy. I was but like, oh, they'll grow in. Oh my God. Okay. So that was like the beginning of the end for you. <laughs> You're like <laughs> devastating. Like, it's just so funny. Like, like that idea. And like when I told my mom, or like shortly after I told my mom that I was like going through the process of getting top surgery, she was like, your boobs are already small. Like, <laughs> Why I don't you need it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Man, I'm sorry I, I, I oversold what you would be receiving. Oh my God. It's so okay. I didn't need it anyway. <laughs> I know. You know, there's less to do. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So actually it's funny when I was going through puberty, I remember being like, why like why are that's it. Well, I mean why? Yes, honestly just why period like I don't what is going on in general um but I was very like mystified by the idea I was like that's crazy that's going to happen and I remember when my boobs started growing I would like raise my hands up in the shower so that my chest would flatten more and be like I wish it still looked like this and this is how I can kind of achieve that. Um, this is the opposite of what I did. I literally read yeah. on the internet, folks, this, I'm not going to say it doesn't work, but it certainly <laughs> was not based in science. I read somewhere on the internet, probably like a like one of the original 100 YouTube videos or something, yeah. that if in the shower you like you had to like rub circles on your boobs clockwise and then not clo- counterclockwise and then your boobs would grow and i'm That's not saying that it 
is based in science. But I will say that when I started doing that, that was the semester that I got them. But no way. Know. You just had to prime them. Just had to well, warm them. Yeah, 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 prime. So you're like trying to keep your boobs from growing. And I'm like, please, God, when will I get to a B-cap? And then <laughs> I want big titties, please. Which at this point now, I'm like, uh, <laughs> I know just so much to deal with. Um, like if God, gave, if God gave me big titties, like God needs to also pay for my chiropractor bills. Exactly. And exactly. That's, that's what, that's just fair. Anyway, continue. So you're trying uh, to like raise your hands in the shower. Yeah. Um, and it's funny in college, I did like a photo project, um, in like an art class, um, where I was doing that exact thing. I was raising my hands in the shower. Um, and someone in the class was like, blah, blah, blah. You're like sexualizing yourself and I blah, blah, blah. And I was like, actually I was trying to do the exact opposite. And then I told that story. Um, but things look different to different people. Um, but yeah, so I feel like those were my earliest thoughts of like, why, why is this happening? And I, I'm not super in love with it. Um, I also think that like, there's definitely a body image element to it of like, I wanted to stay small and I was told that that was what was beautiful and attractive and, um, part of puberty. I've heard it described as like a swelling. I'm, I think Hunter Schaefer described Mm -hmm. puberty as that it's like a a swelling, like a growing of something. Um, and I was like, no, I want to, I want to stay like more compact. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And then I feel like I went through like middle school, high school, et cetera, like perfecting how to be a girl. Um, like, no underwear lines and doing your eyeliner, right? Shaving everything. Shaving everything. Like just kind of learning, you know, like the random weird prescribed social rules of being a girl and being like, I don't know, like I am doing this quote unquote, right. But it still doesn't like resonate completely. And then going into college and being like, Oh my God, what's a binder. And honestly, I remember (laughs) it's the thing you put your papers in three rings. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I do, I like, I feel like I remember maybe in middle school, maybe in high school using like athletic tape to try to bind my chest, um, but not really knowing like what to call it or like what that meant. I just remember you got to tape your boobs down, you know, I know I was like, Oh, this is like a thing that I can do if I want them to go away. Um, you probably saw Mulan. Come on. Um, The original binder. But Um, also like, there's this whole thing you're talking about, like, you know, like shaving and being small and having, you know, big boobies and whatever, but it's all, it doesn't matter whether it resonates with you. It's about getting attention from men. Yeah, yeah. And being desirable to men. Which exactly. like middle school and high school boys, I, I want to be as undesirable I, when I was that age and also especially now. I want to be as undesirable to them as humanly possible. Literally. <laughs> Please do not perceive me. I know. I know. It's so funny that like that, like that is so taught to us. Um, like you wanted little 12 year old boys to be like, mm, Fiona, like, no, I'm down for that. Like, no. Right. Um, but I also think like at the same time, I feel like I did have like a, a, a seed of like confidence because like I have hairy arms, for example. And yeah, my, 
like growing up, my mom was always like, people make fun of them, like fuck the haters, basically like do whatever you want. And I remember a boy, my freshman year of high school being like, you know, it'd look a lot better if you shaved your arms basically. Um, and I was like, (laughs) I don't care what you think. Um, For me personally, little Timmy in high school, like, why do you care what my arms look like little Timmy? You're not going to get anywhere near them unless I'm punching your face. Right. Literally so true. Honestly, Um, like, as I'm thinking more about this, like, you were always very confident as a kid, but you also, to me, I think the reason, first of all, queer people find each other even before they're out. No, Um, I I literally, I saw a picture recently from the In the Whites cast party. Yeah. <laughs> um, the very white production of In the Heights we did. Uh, let's not talk about it. Um, and the the four of us together, and I don't mean us, like me and you, it was like me, Riley, Kimmy, and uh, like Alyssa. That's Tatera. so funny. That's and I was so like, funny. all these bitches are non-binary now. Literally. And so it's like, we find each other. And I felt like we had this connection where like, it, it wasn't necessarily jealousy, but it was like this camaraderie of like, you were such to me, like, this completely unsexualized, like, little gremlin in the best possible way, where I was like, oh, my God, like, Fiona doesn't have to deal with any of this. Like, Fiona is just doing, being a human. Like, I think of you as a person, not as a girl. Oh, thank you. And I really, like, obviously now, but, like, literally even when you were, quote, unquote, a little girl, like, I saw you as, like, fabulous badass human being child Ugh. instead of like oh little girl like she's so cute and dainty you know yeah. what I mean and no. I loved that about you and I wanted that for me oh my gosh well I feel like like first of all it's it's really funny that you say that because I feel like recently I've been like I feel like I was tapped into my gender without even knowing it when I was in like fourth fifth sixth grade yeah Right when I was like, okay, I'm starting to get a sense of who I am, but I'm not like bogged down by social pressures to like follow a bunch of random rules yet. Or like you don't uh, even have the language for it. You're just like, eh. I'm yeah. This, I'm, I'm this weird b- b- energy. Yeah. You just kind of like do your thing. And like, that's so funny. I feel like, like realizing later, like the things that you admired about your friends and stuff. Like- Hindsight. That's what you wanted. Like, that's what you got from me. I feel like you were always like, just like a guiding force and like, not an elder as in like an old person, but like, (laughs) but like an elder as in like, like if you have, if you need anything, you got each other and like you had more life experience than me and you could like impart whatever wisdom you had with that. But you also weren't like too far out of touch that I didn't feel like I could relate to you still. Like you're not a baby to me. Yeah. Yeah. And like, honest, it's like, it's like the older sibling thing. Like even when I was explaining to you the ins and outs of high school, even though clearly I was not popular or had anything <laughs> resembling a regular high school experience. Um, but like I was trying to be for you, the person I wish I had had and that I kind That's of it. had in like Joya. Yeah. And like the, the kids that were the same age difference exactly. from me than I am to you where like, I had these people that I was like, well, they did this and, and, I remember that. So I will do that also, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like it's an example. 
No, totally like passing along the torch. And plus you're an only child. So I feel like you didn't have that immediate sibling relationship. So the siblings you had. I gotta find, yeah. Yeah. Also way better to have friends as siblings because then when they're mean to you, you can send them home. Exactly. So true. You don't have to keep them. You know, if they're total assholes, you can be like, we're done here. Right, exactly. Take your time away from each other. Not eternally blood related, you know. And we can reconnect after so many years and just like pick up, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Tell me about, and this might be, you know, like maybe when you saw your chest for the first time post-surgery, I don't know, come up with whatever you want. Yeah. Um, I want you to tell me a story from your life when you really, really f- strongly for like the first or second time really felt that gender euphoria, queer joy, where you were just like, oh, I feel really at home in who I am and what I am. Yeah, totally. I feel like the first time was when I got my first binder in the mail. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually took a TikTok of it, so I can send it to you if you want. Oh my and, God, please. I'll yeah. put the link. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, oh my God, like this is exactly what I was looking for. Because for so long before I started like properly binding, I was like, first of all, I don't want this to like be on my bank statement. Um, I just, because it was still like such a like insecure and personal little thing for me. Um, and, and I was like, looks at your bank statements. So we'll all know. Right. Exactly. Um, but then like, I, I, I would just wear sports bras and stuff. Um, and like it did a good job of compression, but like is not the same thing as wearing a binder. So that was one of the first times that I like looked in the mirror and I was like, this is what, like when I sit down at a blank piece of paper and I say to draw what I look like, it was the first time looking in the mirror felt similar to what I would draw on a piece of paper. Like my mental image of myself was starting to physically match. Um, and then, and then also like after surgery, like, I, I feel like it wasn't like immediately after surgery because like, you're like a little alien for a second. Like, well, and uh, you have to like wait till your drains come out and you have to like, you know, you don't really look like a human being for a minute. No. And like your nipples are like weird pepperoni things. And like, you it, kept it, yours. Okay. No, you I, I did not keep my nipples. They threw away whatever my body waste was. Um, oh my God. You, that's the thing you like for people listening. Like, this is a thing you get to choose. There's different styles, there's different like scar no, shapes. I do have nipples. Sorry. That's what I meant. <laughs> I, I did not know that that's what you meant. Yeah, I thought you don't have like, to keep them. Because I know yeah. I know trans people or people that get top surgery in general that like just straight up don't have nipples anymore. Yeah, yeah. Which is sick, honestly. That's very, very powerful of them. Kind of Kyle XY, like he didn't have a belly button. <laughs> yeah, so, so true. I know someone without a belly button. Um, more energy. How do you do that? You it, How were they born? I, like, they, she you was born like like something happened in the birthing process where it had to like get cut out or like smoothed over somehow so like she was born in like a normal way but like in the healing process it had to either get removed like they didn't have to like tie it or and clamp it oh my no. god i know crazy okay back to uh, you so you have you have nip knocks i do have nipples yes okay. um i thought you were talking about like whatever excess they removed. Did oh, I get no. Um, no, like in a jar? <laughs> I actually had to sign something that was like, 
the the body that they put off from me, they are allowed to throw away. Yeah, bye. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like when like immediately after surgery and like at the beginning of the healing process, I was still like like not fully formed. It was more like when I was reaching milestones. So like I couldn't raise my hands above my head for a while. Um, And like you mentioned, I was a gymnast growing up. I have never in my life not been able to do a handstand or a cartwheel whenever I wanted to. Um, And after surgery was the first time that like that activity was like limited or I could like hurt myself or like mess up the healing process. Um, So when I started being able to like raise my hands above my head and do a handstand and a cartwheel, that's when I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like my body is mine. Yeah. Yeah. Which was not anymore, but. (laughs) not anymore my body's not mine anymore who does it you know for for a brief few years we had a nice time well not even a few years this was pretty recent yeah super recent i it happened like six months ago basically almost literally literally yesterday you did your first cartwheel (laughs) yeah right so yeah and i yeah or like a few a few months ago but like very it's very short yeah yeah oh my god yeah huh yeah that's crazy sometimes would you like you say you're not trans so I assume that like gender affir- or like loose you know like that's not like a primary label for you no yeah. uh, would like have you thought about gender affirming surgery yes um here's the thing here's the thing yeah I feel like it is such a hard process first of all to qualify for you have to get yeah. like hella letters from doctors and like a test to see if you're insane and like all sorts of fun things like and and it's a it's a I was gonna say pain in the ass it's a pain in the boobs like to do it and you have to the people that elect to do this and really fight to do it have to really 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 want it I don't really 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 want it it's just I want to a lot of I wouldn't even say a lot of the time like half the time I want to wear stuff that you really need tiny boobs for Mm mm-hmm and so that's like, mm. um, yeah. it's, it's very difficult for me to wear outfits without a bra, mm-hmm. not yeah. for even support reasons, just cause it looks weird. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, it, it's just, eh. so there's a lot of sort of fashiony things that I would love to do that my body is not especially shaped for in yeah. the chest region. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that way, yeah, absolutely. Even if it was just like a reduction, But Mm -hmm. here's the thing, Fiona, and I'm going to tell you this about me. Multiple people, aside from me, have Mm -hmm. confirmed that I have what might be called uh, five-star titties. Um, (laughs) Like, like they, and I don't know if it was the shit I was doing in the shower or what. Like, (laughs) people pay, and I'm sorry, Aunt Judy, if you're listening to this, Mom, if you're just, we're fast forward. (laughs) Skip, like. I have... Yeah, just do a little fast forward bit. Like, people pay really good money for the boobs I naturally have. That's so true, bro. So really true. good money. Yeah. And uh, much of the time, I am very happy with them. Totally. And so it's like, well, right. What am I throwing away here? Right. Like, exactly. Come on, guys. Which is so, like, yeah, the personal. And I feel like- has to be really strong right and so I feel like if I'm on the fence at all I should not do it 
Yeah. No. I can I can get a binder. I can, you know, wear other things. I can do whatever. Like I have options that I'm not feeling any sort of gender dysphoria. Yeah. It's purely aesthetic. Literally. So like eh, like I don't want to go through all of that just for like a 30% of my life, like, oh, I can wear this now. Like, right. Yeah, why. exactly. And, and that's the sort of thing that a lot of people don't understand. Like, oh, like you chose to be trans. You chose to be gay. You chose to get top surgery. Like it's <sighs> obviously you choose to get top surgery, but it's because mm-hmm. you really, really need it. Right. Like, yeah. No one wakes up and goes, mm, I'd like to be extra marginalized today. Or right. like, I'd like to pay a bajillion dollars out of pocket Literally. to like go through surgery and not be able to work and make money for a while. Like right. no one, obviously, I mean, like in a different world, like obviously I would choose to be queer every time. Right. But, but like no one like strategically would choose this. Right. No one would want those hoops to jump no. through because no. like it's it's annoying but like yeah you have to follow your joy whatever that means yeah so yeah. i don't think i wanted enough to do anything about it but like yeah. and it's great that there are ways to like temporarily or not permanently change your appearance you know that's absolutely so. and so hooray for that yeah. um tell me a little bit about what you do like for work and like also in your life and like just in general, like, what are you working towards? What are your goals? How are you trying to like change your little corner of the world? Oh, um, okay. Well, I, in my job, I'm an associate producer at a podcasting company called Crooked. Um, they are a progressive media company, so they are very like, uh, outward or forward about like, making their bias known because not only do they like make content, but they also do a lot of like activism work that is like inherently progressive. Um, so if you want to find like places to donate to help trans people, I'm wearing a shirt right now that's for trans lifeline. And it was like a merch collab with my company. Um, and it's a great, there's, there's people that maybe would very, very much like to work with them and have their podcast with them. And there's some people that very, very much would not fit. Yes. No, super true. Um, but I, I love that they have such like a strong, like culture. Um, and As like, they should also cause they're right. Right. No, I, I, agree. <laughs> I completely agree. Um, so they do not see podcasts elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, there's a really good, um, do you watch ContraPoints? I Do you know no who that, idea what is? that even is? Oh my God. ContraPoints is amazing. She's this like philosopher, um, YouTuber who makes like extremely melodramatic, like, like very theatrical video essays, um, or like skits kind of, um, she's a trans woman and like everything that she does is very much like media analysis, like social analysis, Um, and her last episode was about the Joe Rogan podcast, um, and just like making fun of it in like such a smart, like nuanced, beautiful way would recommend. Um, I will, uh, like, if you send me the link, I'll put it in the show notes as well. So if any of you guys want to check out any of the things we're talking about, like I will put links, uh, on the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Would recommend that. Um, but anyway, that aside, um, I do podcasts, Um, and the ones that I work on have to do with like society and politics. 
So um, trying to, I, I don't know. What, what drew me to the company was just like this very strong mission of, in general, trying to make the United States a better place. Um, it, it definitely comes from- It's not like, hard. The bar's on the ground. The bar's literally on the ground. And just trying to like push out information that is like critical of what like these crazy awful bonkers things that are happening in the world so that's what I do for work and then um outside of that um how I want to change my little corner of the world um I write personal essays on Substack. um I feel like my main goal with it is uh, are two things I want to talk about like the media that I'm consuming and like um critically analyze it and then i also just want to like an ex- extend like a hand of empathy um i include mutual aid or like nonprofit um th- like links at the top of most of my newsletters um this last one i just put one out on monday i put in things in in light of the overturning of roe which is terrible um And yeah, and then I also just try to talk about things that, I don't know, might inspire empathy in people. Um, Like, I feel like I have a tendency to talk about friendship and love a lot because I'm ooey gooey and mushy and that's the meaning of life. Um, Yeah. yeah. But that's so good and we need more of that. Yeah, yeah. And talking about like community and and, um, finding peace, I think, in community. Um, Yeah. I want to sign up for those. Yeah. Um, if you send me like, again, I'll put them in the show notes if anyone else wants to sign up for these yeah. uh, lovely little newsletters that you've created. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send that to you. But yeah, besides that, I don't know. I, I love being involved in like the DIY music world and just in general, like a small, like intimate art world. I feel like we all have whatever that means for us. So um, I love those little corners that I exist in and um yeah, because it's really easy to feel, especially like in terms of the arts, which I'm sure you relate to this with like theater and like oh. everything else, like going also like attending a university and studying art there. Um, it's really easy to get caught up in the the money game and the clout chasey game. Um, but for every clout chaser, there's also somebody who is doing art for. I feel like the original purpose, which is self-expression and community. So, um, absolutely. Yeah. Who, who deserves the clout, if anything, like right, exactly. the clout should come with that naturally, not like, follow yeah. me, follow me, follow me. Literally. And then yeah. you get nothing like, right. Like, what are you working for? What are you trying to say besides like, I want money? Yeah. Like, what about the homies? Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Oh my God. Yeah. So wow. that's, that's my life basically. That's really wonderful. I love that you're like this whole adult, like truly bonkers to me, but you you seem like a really cool adult actually. And I'm very happy to know you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to know you too. Ah, oh my God. Okay. Let's do a little, let's do a little rapid fire. That won't be super, super rapid as everyone knows who listens to this. I ask a question and then we talk about it for a second. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We kind of already hit a couple of these, um, but uh, what's your favorite podcast at the moment, aside from this one, obviously? Obviously. Obviously. Um, That's really hard. Um, What have I been listening to? There's one 
that just came out like with the company that I currently work at. It's called Mother Country Radicals and it's about like um two different sides of like radicalism in the 70s and the 80s and stuff like during the Black Panther party um the episode I just listened to talked about Fred Hampton getting murdered um and basically about how like how the fight was approached from the perspective of like white people who went to college and like were introduced to socialism in that way. And then people who were like living in South Chicago and like fighting for their lives and like being black and like experiencing life in that way and how they were like fighting towards like a similar goal, but like approaching it in like different ways. Um, so that's one that I've been listening to recently. Um, a fun chatty one is called Junk Drawer. Um, I recently Ooh. followed one of the hosts named Anu on um, on Twitter. Um, they're super funny. Um, and they talk a lot about like media, culture, all of those things. Um, my friend Rihanna just started working at Switched On Pop, which is one of my favorite music podcasts. Um dissecting the state of music. Um, it's called switched on pop, but I feel like they address a lot more than just like pop music. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those are, cool. I'll uh, put those, I'll put those yeah. little linkies. Um, what's your favorite comfort food right now? Um, mac and cheese. That's the correct answer. Thank you. Good job. No, no further comment. Actually, <laughs> um, do you have, is it just any mac and cheese ever? Do you have a specific, like, are you pick what, what, if you, the ideal mac and cheese. So I grew up on craft yesterday. I literally ordered a scoop of ice cream. That was craft mac and cheese flavor. Um, people, I know I, I see a grimace, but it was actually quite good. Um, I feel like now if I'm going out of my way to buy mac and cheese in a box, it's going to be Annie's white shell, White cheddar That's shell. Allie's favorite. She likes yeah. the white cheddar. I like the the aged cheddar, which is the orange one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both great options. Both great options. Yeah, craft yeah, just feels maybe less like food these days. You know. Yeah. Just but like Annie's, I know it's food. Processed. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, but yeah, mac and cheese is the best, hands down. Mm-hmm. The end. I was recently gifted uh, some Trader Joe's mac and cheese balls. I'm oh, very excited. I'm very excited. Right. Are those the <laughs> yeah. frozen ones? Yeah, I mean, they're not like frozen them. solid, but you can like nuke them and yeah, it's a good thing. Nice, um, nice. What's your biggest pet peeve? Biggest pet peeve? Um, One that I've been thinking about a lot recently is just like being hella judgy all the time. I've been yeah. hating on haters recently. And like, <laughs> I understand the 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 urge to hate because we there's so much to hate these days there's so much to hate these days um but hating on people for just like living their life and doing their thing then i'm like i don't know why are you being so judgy about it let's just like right. you know peace and love you know like i i you know if, if you see someone doing something that you absolutely would not choose for yourself but like isn't hurting them or anyone else like don't go attack them for it like right uh, it's totally free to either be nice or, you know, do nothing. Right, exactly. If also, you don't want to do it, then don't do it. No, and also, like, for social media haters, like, for people that don't know this, like, 
any engagement is positive engagement. If you're yes. commenting and getting into like rage threads and arguments on like TikTok videos, Literally. you're only, I mean, thanks. You're helping that creator, honestly, yeah. like pay their bills. So thank right. you. Please continue. Please continue yeah. actually. Exactly. Uh, just but like know that you're not hurting them. Like you're literally just helping them. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is next? What is your favorite thing about yourself today? That can be physical. That can be inside, whatever. Mm. Um, I think I love my music taste. Okay. <laughs> I love it. You gave me a playlist once and I really enjoyed it. Oh, I'm so glad that I love making playlists for people. I used to be a DJ in college my parents met at their college radio station fun fact so oh and then God, my brother had a radio so show in college so it's so, genetic i know it's literally like my entire nuclear family has had a radio <laughs> you show. applied to be a dj and you were like so legally you cannot turn me down it is my Actually, destiny and they were like oh my god let me know when like, i want to go on air you're so right babes we're gonna do that for you <laughs> Um, but yeah, I love making playlists for people. Um, that's a cool thing to like about yourself. Like your music taste is so good. Like what, if you could describe in like one or two sentences, what your music taste is, like if you were mm -hmm. to describe it overall, what would it be? Um, I think that I have an affinity, like my roots are in British new wave, like rock and roll. My mom loved Jack White and the White Stripes. I grew up on that and like the cranberries and stuff. Um, and then my brother introduced me to like Dead Mouse and that sort of thing. And I feel like those like bases kind of led me into the genres that I tend to go towards, which are like indie rock, indie folk, emo, um, hyper pop, house music, um, just anything with like a very strong emotional conviction and something that's like trying to play with form a bit. I feel like those are the things that I'm most like excited about listening to. I love that. Wow. That was a really, usually people are like, I don't know. I like everything. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like whatever you want to play is fine. Like that was yeah. a very, not only concise, but very precise and sort Thanks. of clinical take on what that was that was it oh, thank you i wow. think about it constantly so really that's awesome <laughs> i don't know i listen to stuff that my fiance calls uh tavern music tavern. So she's like oh you're going to the renaissance fair all right like you know it, it, what does I that mean what is tavern like, music for you like shit you hear in a tavern at a renaissance fair like really like folksy folksy shit mm. um it, it, I love a fiddle solo or a mandolin like yeah, yeah, yeah. what like really one of the main reasons that I started dating my uh college uh insane great just abs I don't even know how to describe him terrible ex-boyfriend um yeah. was because he he played so many instruments and he was uh very talented at the mandolin and i was just like that's mm, something yes that's i'm gonna ignore all the red flags because he has harmonicas in every key <laughs> oh my god that's so Let's lock that I, relate down. That. I relate to that so hard like everyone mm. i've ever been with is an artist in some capacity but most of, of the people i've been with are musicians, musicians. yeah somewhat. and honestly people like us should be marrying rich and 
we're not. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> like, Allie and I were both supposed to marry very rich men, and we were both just like, well, we're going to do this instead. <laughs> right. I'm going to um, marry a queer person who just has a big heart. Yeah, like, okay, well, I'm going to make minimum wage as a photographer and you're going to make minimum wage as a preschool teacher and we're going to have two cats and just, yay. But yeah, yeah At least you can combine incomes. Yeah, but anyway, so tavern music, so tavern music. Um, right. In terms of like, if I'm going to do sort of a clinical take like you, um, I really, really enjoy uh, like mixed meter music. Like it, or something that's funky, like maybe like a five four, mm-hmm. um, or it switches between five four and like six eight. I love six eight. It feels so driving to me for people that have no idea why I'm saying numbers. Um, it's yeah. like I'm You're not like, gonna explain. Three. I'm not gonna explain music theory to you, but like you know, like most songs go one two three four one two three four. Like when you count the beat, six eight would be. And it would just like it feels like um adventure music. So like I really yeah. like the oh hellos right now, which mm-hmm. I found out uh alarmingly recently is like a sort of liturgical Christian rock band. That's um, so- I, some of their the thing is, the thing is, one, I don't care, they're still pops. Two, yeah. um I have a pretty severe auditory processing problem when I can't see your mouth. And obviously I can't see their mouths when they sing. So I mm-hmm. really have no idea what most of the words are. And so I started looking them up and I was like, I'm sorry, is that the story of Moses? <laughs> what? But so the lyrics are so good. They're poetic. Right. Um, and they do a really good job of mixing sort of Bible references with modern storytelling and also, yeah. uh, roman mythology yeah yeah yeah. that's super cool i um julian baker is a um christian i feel like she's very like open about like her faith and stuff she'll say very like thoughtful profound like faith-based things when she's on stage not like super overtly but like you can tell and she writes about like religious imagery and her music all the time um usually connecting it to like addiction and being like god why did you fuck my brain up this way um (laughs) amazing yeah that's so cool like i'm like look as long as we're not doing like mega church crazy like praise the lord jesus look i did enough of that in middle and high school um but yeah the hellos oh i like listening to my little little tavern music we're actually gonna see um at the beginning of august we're gonna go see uh the lumineers oh nice so exciting so exciting um Cool. Where can people find you, Fiona, if they want to like, besides, uh, I'll put the link to sign up for your newsletters, but here, go. Yeah. um, I I am at Flowery Fee, so Flowery F-I on Instagram. On Twitter, I'm at Fiona Pest. Um, My, most of me is Flowery Fee though. So that's, that's usually how you'll be able to find me. Amazing. I'll put that in the show notes. Anything else you want to say? Like what, what advice would you give to younger you or like little, little gay babies out there who are like, Fiona, how can I be like you? Um, follow your joy slash trust your gut. Um, because usually your gut is right. Um, I second that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I feel like that's basically it. And be patient, like have patience for yourself. You don't need to figure everything out immediately. It's a lifelong journey. That's true. And even, even when you feel like you did figure out everything, you'll find something else. Right. No, there's still (laughs) more to learn. I feel like, I feel like everybody goes through that so many different times in life. Like you're 16 and you're like, I got this. And then you're in that college. To me. Like, now that I happened know. to me every yeah. semester in college where I was like, yeah. Jenny from last semester was a baby who knew nothing. Now I'm a full-fledged adult. And like I I caught it and I was like, well, I'm just gonna hang out for a little bit then. Yeah. Um, I don't think I really started feeling genuinely on top of my shit and also aware of all the things I didn't know in a mature adult way until I was 25. Yeah, like my brain, my my prefrontal cortex really went ding. I'm done, and I was like, oh, right. okay, cool. I got, no, I got a grasp. Like the oven's ready. This is how that feels. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, cool. Jenny, thank, thank you so thank much. You. No, thank you. And again, like you said before we started recording, like next time you're here, I'm gonna be really mad if you don't hit me up and I don't get to see you. Oh my god, I will definitely, absolutely do that. Um, cool. especially if I'm in town for more than like 36 hours. Cause I feel like, well, that's your parents how should probably get first priority of you. Yeah. Then. Oh also, yeah. I owe you a milkshake from when you got me a milkshake literally almost 10 years ago. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the milkshake you owe me for, you don't even owe me. That I was, know I don't, but like, it would be fun. We should just really get amazing. Um, one little fun thing about Fiona and I, um, we had a secret handshake when we were children. We still have it. Still have um, it. And uh, minus the the little actual literal physical handshake bit, uh, I think our little outro should be <laughs> with no context to literally anybody. No, that's um, fine. We will now present our handshake, which is also just that one commercial for Reese's Puffs that came out in the mid-2000s. Here we go. Reese's Puffs. Wait, no, I didn't even do the beginning. It's been so long. I'm so sorry. Okay, it's okay. Take two. Take two. I got my R-double-E-E-S-T-S. Reese's Puffs. Reese's Puffs. Peanut butter chocolate flavor. We did that horrible Zoom thing. I'll fix it in editing. But guys, I just need you to know right now that when we recorded it, we were not saying it at the same time because of the delay, like when people sing happy birthday on Zoom. But you won't get to hear it because I will have fixed it in editing. But that was insane. <laughs> I'm so glad we did that. Wow. Uh, we'll do it in person. Need for me. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, well, it's so good to see you. Thank, thank you for being here. Of course. I'll probably have you back at some point. Oh, my God. You know. Happy to be around. Just let me know. Okay. And happy end of Pride Month, even though by the time I post this, it will be July. I know. It's okay. It's always... Every month is Pride Month. Yeah, exactly. Pride Month is a lifestyle. Yeah, that's that's the gay agenda. Right, exactly. To make every month Pride Month. Okay. Yeah. Say bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.